When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a second Viriel podcast in like three or four days. This is kind of cool. Um, this is Alan, obviously. I'm joined by Sid, who is one of our, what, almost longest serving uh, Viriel USA um, writers, observers, commentators. Um, thought it would be But fun. once you can call somebody else the old man about something else. Well, yes, I, I can. Um <laughs> So I thought it'd be fun to have you on to talk about the events in the last week at Viriel. Not that very much was happening, um, <laughs> but Indeed. it's it was quite a month last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose we should um, start by the whole Emory departure and uh, and everything surrounding that. I mean, were you expecting? I saw a little note, you know, a few weeks ago that saying Aston Villa had him on their short list, but were you expecting anything to happen? So it's an interesting one, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about um, Senor Yanesa also. Yes. Obviously, that was the first thing to happen in these chain of events. Um, the Emery stuff, I, I think you, it he doesn't appear to have caught management off guard. So there is something to that because it seems like the move to get the successor in place happened very quickly Mm -hmm. where one might have suspected that would take a little while. I also feel for what it's worth that some of that was due to the B team being in the segunda and having you know, a situation where Alvarez had to come and take over the A team would have been, you know, a lot of a lot of moving around. Um, yes, I, I thought about I thought about you that know, too. That would not in a professional mm-hmm. league. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was a little bit more pressure for that reason. But I think it's also because they seem to know. I think I'm a little surprised because. If he was going to do it, it seemed like the Newcastle situation resource-wise. And again, you'd have to be willing to deal with PIF um, as as part of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if any personal beliefs. Of course, he used to coach PSG. So maybe he has uh, made made his decision on, 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 mm-hmm. on all of that. But... Um, you know, I, I guess maybe that the the full lesson of it is maybe that shows how strongly he really wanted to prove himself in the Champions League. That I feel like he basically, you know, waited a year to put himself in a worse situation. Um, yeah. And so maybe maybe the motivation of the Champions League run was so strong that he said, you know. I know I may not get the same opportunity later, but I really want to show people what I can do. 
Right. And of course, that Champions League run did exactly that. I mean, there are some things we'll never forget, <laughs> uh, you know, involved with that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I sense that last year, Virial also made it. I mean, I've never had to negotiate with Senor Reich, obviously, <laughs> but I, I suspect he probably made it clear to Emery that there was unfinished business that, you know, he wasn't really wanting to let him go. And I suspect the quid pro quo for that maybe was that this year when, when Emery was approached, um, I mean, first of all, we didn't have a lot more leverage because his contract was expiring in the summer. Contract expiring. So I think in some ways it was conference league football instead. Yeah, so I think in some ways it was like, well, okay, so if you want to leave now, I still think the timing was uh, was not great in as much as I think probably the club thought that he would be approached during the World Cup break or something like mm-hmm. that. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it was a little early. But I do think that they essentially didn't ha- – I mean, he had done what we brought him here to do, which was win us a trophy. He had – had a great Champions League um, run, and you know we were 45 minutes from a final. I don't know what else he could be, have been expected to do, short of finishing in the Champions League places in the league. And even then, did we really think that would keep him around to to coach that team in the Champions League the next year? Probably not. So, in some ways, I I think we probably did expect that it was going to come. However, it still, as Senior Raj said, it was it left us a bit on the wrong foot because you just don't have as many candidates at this time of year as you would have later. So well, yes and no, I suppose on that one, because there also have been some interesting movements um, in terms of managers being let it go. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how realistic it was to think someone like Tuchel was going to come here. Yeah, um, but yeah. there probably was more availability in terms of some interesting names on the market now than there typically is at this point in the season. Um, yeah, I, I, I suspect that's true. I think that um, apparently we all and. The- and yeah, Javi Mata's belief is Marcelino may be waiting on the Spain job. Yeah, which um, I think that's right. I think I think he, he he's waiting on Spain. Apparently, we offered the job to Pochettino, but he's not. You know, that's something where it's like, okay, we were lucky to get Emery when we did. There was a combination of circumstances that he wanted to prove himself with us. We wanted a trophy that was a perfect fit. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be able to replace a high-profile coach with as high a profile coach, which is what Pochettino would have been. Um, There were some other interesting possibilities, too. But I think ultimately, I thought it was interesting that Sid Lowe commented early on, you know, like right after Emery's press conference, I think it was like, well, one name I haven't heard mentioned is Kike Setien, and I think he would really be a good fit. And lo and behold, <laughs> I don't know if 
if uh, we were reading Sid's tweets or if we were already, you know, dialing him up. But it's it's an interesting appointment because he's um, has been out of coaching for a while, and his mm-hmm. coaching background is actually mostly in the Segunda. I mean, if you look at the Primera, it's fairly short. It's been successful mm-hmm. at Betis, mm-hmm. certainly, but fairly short. And so an interesting appointment. Yeah, I, you know, but I would say if, if, if you put went back in the time machine a few years, we all would have said, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He seems to fit exactly the profile of what we're looking for. Um, so I think certainly the gap gives you pause. Um, but again, it's an interesting situation in that he comes from his last job. He failed. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, motivation wise, I think even more so indicated by sort of coming out of retirement, you know, to to want to go in and do this again seems like he really he really wants to be here and he really wants to prove himself he feels like there's some unfinished business here that you know he tried to take you know his dream job or his you know top appointment of his career you know it it did not go well mm-hmm. and um you know he 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 wants another chance Sure. Um, and again, I, 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 I see it a lot in the, in the similar uh, sort of motivation to what Emery had. I think so. And I think the um, I think the difference is with Emery, you knew that the unfinished business was with the EPL. So ultimately, if he succeeded with us, I mean, I, I don't think we would have had him long-term anyway. I think he does a three-year mm-hmm. contract and then somebody yep. grabs him up, right? Yep. yep. Um, is an interesting character. And also, I think it's notable that it seems like the top jobs in Spain are not particularly available right now. That's right. That's you know, right. Unless he was thinking going back to Sevilla or something was actually a step up, you know, it doesn't seem like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico are, are going anywhere. So no, and I and I just, wanted the Spain job. Yeah, but. but I don't sense. I mean, the Spain job would have been actually an interesting one for Emery because he's so good in tournaments. You know, he's mm-hmm. so good at at planning sort of one-off matches and everything. But I don't, I don't see that for him. Accepting a job at, at, say, Sevilla or something, well, I mean, he couldn't do it this year anyway, but I don't, I feel like his big, the big, the big chip on his shoulder is still the Arsenal rejection. For sure. And so he wants to go to England and Aston Villa is, you know, in many ways a team whose heyday was the 19th century, but they still have resources that can put all but the top two or three clubs in Spain to shame. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, as any good coach does, you have an ego, you know, you want to, you want to prove yourself on the highest 
at the at the top league in the world, and right now that's the EPL. So I mm-hmm. I get that. I I'm a little worried, frankly, that we're going to see a see him try to poach some of our players in January and the summer. Um, I guess as long as he does that for good money, it's okay. <laughs> but um, but I think that'll that'll be interesting to see. I, I just think Setien's an interesting appointment because it's like, okay, so he goes after Barcelona fires him, and I guess there was a legal case involved. I don't know how that worked out as far as breaking mm. his contract. But, you know, he basically goes back to Santander and doesn't do anything and then is like coaching a youth team and just kind of having having fun, hanging out. And he, and he said when the phone call came, he thought it was a joke. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, partly because he didn't know Emory had left, but still, right. yeah. So, right. yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I think it's a I think it's a good appointment. I think the only thing you would say is maybe somebody a little bit younger in terms of growing with the club. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> you youth maybe is is overrated in this and and i think one one thing you do have is you do have a pretty veteran team Mm -hmm. um so you know it also strikes me a little bit like you know bringing in a velasquez to coach this team um it would not would not be the type of thing that would uh that would make sense Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I think what what is interesting to see is yes, you know maybe there's some concern about what happens during the winter transfer window, and, and I know you guys spend some time talking about that on the other podcast. But I, I think I'm a little bit curious of, you know, I, I guess what Emery sold people on was kind of it, it had to have been because it couldn't have been. We want to win the conference league. I, I have to think it was. We can finish in the top four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, again, to sort of retain the veteran group that he did. Um, how how does <laughs> how quickly does Setien get them to buy into that? Uh, because I I do have a little bit of concern. Again, given the veteran nature of the team that they struggle for a little bit here. And then it's kind of, uh, we're playing out the string for four or five months. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. put yourself behind the eight ball in the champions league. Okay. Maybe you can go chase the Copa or chase the conference league. Um, but I wonder also, you know, if there's a little bit of a motivation, uh, issue, mm-hmm. if results in the league, you know, while he's, getting up to speed or the hangover after the world cup, whatever it is, this is probably a crucial next call it half dozen matches right? to right. seeing what a realistic goal is for the season. Right. Well, I think one thing to keep in mind as we were saying is that we, we do have the advantage that we have played more away matches than anybody else, fewer home matches than anybody else that'll flip in the second half of the season. Um, but you're right. We have three um, matches in the league before the World Cup break. Um, first one being at San Mames on Sunday, and um, so yeah, there's not a lot of time. I, I feel like those three matches, for better or worse, are still going to be ones where he's 
um, sort of trying out and tinkering with different things, as, as he talked sure. about after the match on Thursday, and we can talk about that one in a minute. So, yes, there is, there is that. I mean, I think the feeling has been... I think Pau Torres probably stays on until the summer, just because I think you're going to get more offers for him in the summer. But realistically, he stayed on to play in the Champions League, this particular this this last summer, the way it worked out, there wasn't really the the demand for him, but there probably will be next summer. And even if we qualify for the Champions League again, do you think he'd be willing to stay around and and for another year and do that under Setien, or probably not because he can probably go to another club that's qualified for the Champions League. So you know there are things like that. I, it's interesting that that Setien is um, he's also a big promoter of of, of young talent um, plays. But I think what we saw in the match on Thursday was he's he's definitely going to be much. He's going to take the shackles off guys like Danjuma, who I think Emery was really um, trying to make a little less creative and more positional. And I think Denjuma seemed to enjoy himself a lot more on Thursday than he had in a while. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think he's definitely somebody to watch, you know, but, but some of the interesting stuff again is, um, you know, Lo Celso. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was obviously clearly Emery's petition, but he was Setien's player. Yes. Um, yes. Very so successful under Satian. So. Should should be should be interesting to see how that deployment works. Um, Javi Mata again mentioned sort of the first player that Setian had gone and seen um, was Gerard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly he's been successful when on the field and otherwise, but you know. I feel like it's been a couple of years since we've really seen that kind of this guy is going to score pretty much every match yes. uh, type of Gerard. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some, some untapped potential. And I mean, again, I think that's, this is all of this is essentially the difference between seventh again and fourth, mm-hmm. but you, mm-hmm. you have to get everybody going um, to, to do that. And again, you fall eight points behind, it becomes hard to, to overcome that kind of hurdle. Right. So they're, right. they're in, again, for everything that has happened, I'd say they're in a decent place um, at this point of the season. The question is just can they improve their consistency of form um, and take advantage, as you said, of new stadium and, and things like that uh, mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. in the year. Right. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the match on Thursday and if that told us anything. Okay, so on Thursday we played um, Hapoel Beersheba in the Europa Conference League. We had already clinched first place in, in our group, so the match was pretty much meaningless. Um and Setien had had a grand total of, what, one training session with his new team. So, you know, I think all of those are reasons to uh, 
um, not be too concerned with with what happened or not read too much into what happened. Um, two two draw in the end. Um, Asa Mandi uh, gave up his third penalty of the of the Europa Conference League apparently, um, which was one of the other goals. Um, but did was there also any, a former Setien player? Also a former Setien player. Yeah. Yes, yes. But was there anything that we could see in it that could point to people that might see more action under Setien or or difference or different positions or whatnot? I mean, what what did you think about it? Well, did, having not seen the match, I, I don't have a brilliantly informed view. But I, I think if you're thinking of who are players who maybe have felt underutilized. Mm-hmm. I think you identified one very clearly in Danjuma. Um, I think by the same token, uh, when you were mentioning players, Emery may be most likely to take to England. (laughs) It would seem to me like he might be near the top of that list. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Simply because of his experience in England. Um, Well, not a physical guy. He is a decently big guy. Um, and, um, you know, the teams, teams pay a lot of money for players that can finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think certainly he also has a chance if he makes a squad to, uh, to put on a bit of a show at the world cup. Right. Um, I, I feel like he's really the kind of player who, if he gets a goal, um, you know, in a short tournament is capable of, of really, you know, being a standout feature. Um, I, I think you know, we're talking about Monday, we're seeing Cuenca. I think that'll be also one other interesting thing to me is, so maybe there are, again, we mentioned maybe getting a little bit more out of Gerard, um, maybe getting a little bit more out of Lo Celso. Honestly, mm-hmm. I would say he's probably been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, um, I've, I've certainly felt that. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think he has been. The so, other, the I, other again, given given how much it feels like focus and attention, half the off season was about getting him, um, and mm-hmm. then he's disappointed. But the the one other thing I was going to say is I feel like as well that um, use of some of our squad will be an interesting one to see because um, we talked about this a little bit in, in years past with other managers, you know, one of the things, yes, again, are, are you can't play everybody in the league or otherwise, but I do wonder if it's sort of, you know, the only exposure, somebody like a Mandi or a Cuenca is getting, if the only games they're ever playing are these conference games, mm-hmm. you know, is it realistic to think you're going to actually get good, consistent performances out of these players? Right. And, you yeah. know, yes, clearly Powell and Albiol are best two center backs, but at some point you have to have a little bit more confidence in uh, your other players, actually play them in the league off and on. Again, we talked about how overworked Albiol seems to have been, and yet it still seems like he, he doesn't take a minute off in the league. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and I think that you see that 
um, with a player like Samu also because we, you know, he had a he had a very uh, good game yesterday, and certainly was much more visible than we've seen him mostly, and that's that's a function of how he's been played. I think I I thought he he did well. Um, one of the players that I noticed this morning that's been linked with Aston Villa already is Jeremy. And, um, yeah, I could see that. I feel like, um, he's a, he's a physical winger who would probably, you know, Emery really likes because he can play. He's a, he's a good defensive player as well as a, a good offensively. Um, and Jeremy is kind of at times, I think, it's a bit of the sophomore jinx. Maybe he's he was burst on the scene last year and he was great, and then this year it's been Baena who's burst on the scene, and Jeremy's been kind of kind of a, a bit of a sidekick. Um, I can't say I was I was too impressed with how Satian used him yesterday because he was over on the left, and that's not really his best position. But I I thought the most interesting thing was that as opposed to a four four two we 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 did line up at four in the with four in the back but it was a little more of a uh, of a four two three one or or whatever in the in the in the rest of the pitch and that was certainly different than how we um, had lined up under Emery. The other thing was we clearly were valuing um, pushing forward at speed far more than we had and I think. I think very all fans were happy to see that. Yeah, well, and and I think it's a little bit interesting because particularly with a player like Kapu injured, um, Noe Bora at this point, we we don't have the same natural options in the pivot that mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you could play Trigueros there, you could play Morlanes there. Um, but they're not the prototypical sort of physical, um, you know, uh, defensive-minded midfielder. We don't have that option today. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, you know, not not expecting to play in the same formation where you had one of those types of players. Uh, maybe, maybe at least an interesting change of pace to see what happens if we do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've, I've also seen speculation that because I, thinking back to his Betty's squad, I think they play with three in the back a lot. And there was thought that maybe if once Foyth is available, you know, Foyth, Powell, and Albiol in the back in a, in a 3-4-3, something like that would be would be an interesting one. That, that's a pretty mm-hmm. radical change, but I suspect that Albiol probably played. Did Napoli play a back three? They might have. Yeah, I want to say they did, and certainly the Argentina has. Yeah, so yeah. So I have yeah. some experience with that. Yeah, so that would that would be an interesting one. Also, it also reflects the fact that if you look at where our squad has, we've got a lot of midfielders, so you might as well get a bunch of them on the pitch at the same time. Right. 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 Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think overall it was interesting looking at um, social media because I think the original, a lot of Virial supporters were hoping to get Marcelino um, 
for old times sake, I think maybe, but, but also, you know, the fact that he was available and, and is somebody that's had really good success with the club. Um, so when CTM was appointed, there was this sort of immediate, Oh, you know, but I think, and there were people who, I mean, I've never met the guy, but he's not, he's not as colorful a personality as, as some coaches. And he was being compared to, um, Escriba, which, um, you know, Escriba had a really good year <laughs> when he first took over. Um, not so much after that, but, I think it was interesting that it, it, within a fairly short space of time, people are like, well, this, this could actually work. You know, when we did our podcast the other day, I think um, everybody was sort of expecting a bit of what we saw on Thursday, which is that we're definitely going to be far more attacking. We're going we're gonna to dominate possession. We're going to have a bunch of chances at goal. The other problem is that that will leave us a little more exposed at the back and if you look at our at, at the goals we gave up, I mean, the second one was essentially us playing out of the back and not doing a good job of it, and that kind of thing can can certainly happen. But I think Ruley has to be um, excited because I mean he didn't play on Thursday, but you know for for Emery really likes this distributive goalkeeper, and so does um, Satian. So I think that's a really good fit. Yeah, and and two two comments on uh, prior managers. You know, one would be, I think also, you know, the league is not a thirty-eight game tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes that felt like it was Emery's approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just start out and make sure we don't concede and we set up that way, and then we'll figure it out. Um, I do think league play tends to reward a little bit more. And and we've talked about this in the years of all we could do is 1-1 draws. Well, you'd much rather win one and lose one than continue playing those. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, so honestly, I, I don't know that that's the worst thing. Um, the one thing I would have said about Marcelino, though, is we know he was forced out or whatever words you want to use because he ran into trouble with that quote unquote veteran, the veteran for the Ariel leadership in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd be coming into a much more veteran heavy locker room. So, you know, I think a coach like a Marcelino, um, comes in and maybe is a bit more successful with with a younger team. I mean, not a young team, but maybe not, you know, so established. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and, and maybe, you know, I, I would have perhaps said the same thing about Emery. I think the one difference that Emery had, though, was we hadn't won anything. Right. So right, he right. was able to command respect out of his victories. You know, Marcelino does not nearly have the same right. uh, resume to back him up on that front. Yeah, I just, I, it's interesting that Marcelino seems to be waiting for a, for the national team because I, he is such a. I mean, I am told he has mellowed some, which is fine. But I still think his approach 
to his players is so all-inclusive that I'm trying to figure out how well that would work in Spain. I mean, when he was with Villarreal before, I mean, there were all these stories about how, you know, the player's nutrition was controlled, all this stuff that he, you know, he, he really wanted a very fit, very, you know, very, very specific team in the way that he wanted it. And I'm, I don't know, I don't know how that, maybe that's what the national team needs. I, I think it's hard to impose that on a squad that's getting together, you know, every four months or something for a for couple sure. of matches. For sure. um, but I'm just trying to imagine um, <laughs> Marcelino telling Royal Albiol, you know, you need to change your nutrition or something. I, I, I think Albiol would just kind of look at him and say, uh-huh, and walk away. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, I, th- I think that's that's clearly a... I think Setien strikes me as somebody who is going to be sort of letting players do more of what he's going to let them react on the pitch a little more maybe, and maybe formations will be pretty flexible. I think the, I think Emery's strength was, as we saw that he really, our, our back, um, our defense was, was excellent. And, our ability to um, control a game when we had a lead late was very good. So, you know, and, and when we were drawing and then get a late winner was very good. So that kind of brings me to the, to the Emery's farewell, as it turned out on against Almeria and um, obviously a very emotional match. Um, Senor Reneza had passed away um, the team really wanted to win this for him. Um, and yeah, then, and, and, and a moment on him. I mean, you know, for, yes. for folks that didn't follow the club, I mean, it's kind of hard to state how important of a figure he was. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he, he was basically Senor Roige's right-hand man through everything. Well, and not, through, only, you know, and not only that, he was the person who was there when Senior Raj first looked to buy the team, he was like, well, mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons why he felt he could do it and make it work was because he already had Senor Janeza there and he was very impressed with him. And he was like, you know, this this guy, yeah, I don't need to replace him because he's already there and it's very good. And so that was one of the things that made him go through with the purchase. So, you know, <laughs> that was... Yeah. Yeah, the, the history wouldn't have existed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. But you know, just I, I think you know there are there are titles of people, and then there's sort of their importance in things, um, and whatever whatever his title may have been, he was you know arguably the most important figure at the club for a couple of decades. So yes. And it's, I, it's, it's I, a big loss. Yes, it is a big loss. And I think he's, you know, I, as I said on the other podcast, I always remember him for when we were uh, um, watching our um, under 23 team, win that trophy. And he was, you know, he's like a little kid. I mean, he, he loved football. He loved the RDL. He especially loved the youth teams. And, yeah. He was just, you know, he couldn't sit still in his seat. He was, <laughs> and and um, you know, it was great. I mean, and I think anybody who, you know, especially in this era of faceless executives, um, who 
come and sit in their corporate boxes and show no emotion yep. and, and they're just sitting there, you know, because they're told to by their sponsors. I mean, he was, he was something different. And I, I think it was really, um, you could see that the fact that, that other clubs around the league had a, had a, a minute of silence in his memory showed you the effect that he had because he, he really was, you know, um, just an, an amazing character. And yep. Yep, and yeah. only only appropriate that he leaves mortal territory um, with the B team back in the Segunda, which again was kind of yes. the the sort of thorn in everybody's side from the relegation that yes. we had not been able to fix for a decade. Yes, so. and and yeah, that's right. So that was that was really cool. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I mean, leaving aside all the issues with the the shirt, the, the red card, the everything else. The, I think what that match showed. By, by, and by the way, I'll jump in with one thing there. Emery's somewhat measured reaction to that in the press conference and otherwise, I'm going to say partly is an indication that he was one foot out the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I cannot, you know, I, I was actually reading his comments afterwards, him saying, well, you know, he's a very good ref. Uh, no, this is, this is not the same guy. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> right. For a yes. And that's right. And of course we now know that, yes, in fact, the team knew before the match that he had been, he was going to accept the, the Aston Villa job. He hadn't done it yet, but, but yeah, he was very, he was very measured in that and I was like really <laughs> I mean um, but I thought what what it was an interesting I mean not only a tribute to Sino Carneza in terms of you know but but also I think the one thing that everybody appreciated that Emery instilled at Virial at least in the <laughs> in, in the um, European uh, matches not every league match but that that just desire and belief in winning. Mm -hmm. And I think that match was almost, um, for us, it was almost like a, like a European match in the sense that we really wanted to win it, you know, for, for Senor Haneza and the way that we did. And that sort of, you know, we are not going to, you know, it doesn't matter if one of our players gets sent off, we're, we're going to win this thing. And we did. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody watching the match was, um, it, it was truly astonishing and truly impressive. And I hope Javi Mata has finally stopped shouting about the goal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If, if you all have not read Sidlow's article um, in the in the recap, I want to say he said he lost track at about, after a hundred uh, goals <laughs> yeah. in that chain, but it kept going. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and and it was yeah. it, it was uh, you know it was not just a league win against a team in the bottom half. You know, it was something far, far, far more special than that. Um, do you? Because I can't find this anywhere, and I'm curious if you know. Have we scored a winning goal while being down a man? that you recall in the league? Put you on the, the spot. Only, the only other one I remember of such a dramatic tenor um, 
was Uche scoring against Sporting uh, on the occasion of the 90th anniversary of the club. Right, but that was in the Segunda, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct, correct. And also, I don't know that we were down a man or otherwise, but just in terms of thinking of drama uh, in that manner, that seemed to be the one that I that I remembered us scoring in that manner. Yeah. Um, I've been looking. I can, tr- I can think of us conceding in that manner on, on more than more occasions than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was remembering the, um, I was remembering the first match that I watched as a member of the Virial USA team, which was, we were playing at Anoeta against Real Sociedad. And we went up a man late on, but we were already down. I think the goal was Yoseba, right? I think he. I think he. He scored against us. We were down. We were down one nil, and I remember us, you know, trying desperately to to get that equalizing goal with the um, with the man advantage, and we didn't do it. I just. I just can't remember when we scored a shorthanded goal in the league that, you know, won a game, much less won it on the last kick. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if it's happened in the, in the Primera. So, um, I know, I mean, to be fair, we've had a pretty good disciplinary record the last few years. So I, somebody suggested I go back and look at like when Soreen was playing for us, <laughs> we, we might find more, uh, yeah, maybe under Pellegrini. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we had Marchena too, so we have a few choices there. Yeah, that's true. But Marchena didn't play as much. So, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, overall, I mean, I'm, I I think everybody is fairly, uh, is fairly mellow about the thing. Let's see how we do getting into the World Cup break, I guess. Um, because I think until then, we just don't have a lot, you just don't have a lot of time to for a new coach to implement his concepts or even get used to the players he has. I mean, he obviously knows their capabilities, but I think in terms of thinking about how he wants to set up his team and everything, it'll be interesting. But I think there was a feeling among most of us that Emery had kind of, he'd done what he came here to do. We had a great year last year. What was he going to do this year? Win the Conference League trophy? I don't, maybe, but it's like, I'm not sure that if we were struggling again in the league or, you know, going to finish sixth or seventh um, and our best thing was winning a conference playing in the conference league final. I don't know that that would be something that would excite the fan base or would excite Emory. So I don't know. Yeah. Now, of course, again, if, if you're saying that, then by the same token, you could have said that uh, maybe this, this should have happened in the off season. Um, yeah, but I don't think, I mean, I, I think that it could have happened in the off season, sure, but I don't. But I think that the circumstances were just right this time. I mean, the fact that the fact that um, you had a club coming in for him in England, um, and uh, and you had a 
and you had a situation where it was pretty clear, I think, that he what you know he wasn't going to extend this contract. So if he's if he signs now and we get compensation, that's better than going through the season and then getting no compensation at the end. So mm-hmm. um, and it's it's not a small amount of money. So. No, I mean we could buy a striker in January to help us out, maybe. <laughs> If if Gerard is not not there, any any uh, other thoughts before we close? No, just uh, I mean, <laughs> hard hard to imagine that uh, all of this would have happened uh, in in such a short period of time. But, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I, I mean, again, I, I would say on the balance, uh, aside from the yes, he hasn't coached in two years to have uh, been able to pivot this quickly. And again, it seems like they knew more than maybe we did or they suspected more than we did about this. Yeah, um, yeah, could be. I, I, I do think it, it 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 could have been worse. Yeah. Uh, is, is how I would put it in terms of the uh, ability to respond to it so quickly. Right. So the question that came up on the other podcast is... <laughs> If Javi Kaleha had not signed with Levante, what, a week before, would we have offered him the job? I don't know. <laughs> and would he, would he have taken it? Mm. Mm, I don't know. Mm. But it's, mm. but mm. it's, um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. Um, but, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I hope he does well in the, with Levante. I hope he gets them back into the Primera. I'd like to see him back. But, um, but, it, but yeah, talk about, probably the best opportunity he would have to come back to Villarreal and, and, uh, you know, he signs with another club a week, 10 days before. So who knows? Mm. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I would, I would say the second time around, it never goes as you expect. So I'm not, not particularly crying about the failure to yeah. uh, set up either of those reunions. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much. Good talking to you as always. This is Alan for Sid, Virial USA, and Devant Virial. No. And Devant.